This week on the Pour Over, Dylan and Joe talk about the final episode of Chernobyl, Pichnaya Pamyet. What seems like a distant memory to us continues to be the eternal reality for those living there today. It's time to conclude our discussion on this critically acclaimed miniseries. Let's pour it all over. Hey everybody, uh, we are the Pour Over Podcast, hosted by myself, Joe. And Dill. And uh, each week we bring you our thoughts on an episode of a TV show, and most importantly, chit-chat about the very thing so many of us depend on each morning, coffee. Um, you know, we've been talking about Chernobyl, and here we go. This is our final episode mm-hmm. of the miniseries. And uh, for those of you who are, who are just uh, catching up now with us, um, we have been on this show uh, for about uh, four episodes now, and we're talking about the fifth episode of the series. So if you guys haven't listened to the ones prior, please go check that out on our um, Simplecast site or wherever you listen to podcasts. But before we get into Chernobyl, let's catch up with the Pour Over Boys. Mm-hmm. What up, Dill? Not much, not much. How How's you it doing? going, man? I'm good. I'm good. Just uh, happy to be recording here and just chatting with you. Mm-hmm. Um, how's your coffee game been this week? It's been all right. A little, little hit and miss, if I'm mm-hmm. being honest. Uh, not, oh. not necessarily anything because of coffee or the beans themselves, but just because uh, I've been kind of just moving around a lot and not been able to brew coffee like on a consistent basis. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Remember but, last week you were uh, talking about how like you your game has been off. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, just because I feel like the past few times I've, I've been brewing my coffee, I don't know if I, I'm just getting a bunch of the flavors out. You know, it tastes mm-hmm. more kind of like muddled or like muddied more than usual. Mm. And so trying trying to figure that one out. Actually, today I I brewed with a V60 instead of the Chemex. Oh, just okay. to see how it would go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so um, it's pretty similar, I guess. I, I don't know. <laughs> oh, like, no. so maybe it's the beans. I don't know. Like, partially mm. the beans. Like, maybe that's just how how they are, and maybe my mm. expectations are 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 not aligned with reality. What are you looking for in that bean? You're looking for that fruity, like that tanginess. Hmm. Yeah, so today I brewed uh, the Oak Cliff from Ethiopia that I have mentioned mm-hmm. before. And I would say that there was like a certain brightness, kind of uh, acidity to the bean. But mm-hmm. I mean, that, I feel like that's about it, though. Like, mm. I don't know if there's a lot more of like the fruitiness and all that right. coming out as much. And so it could be my my brew process could be my palate i don't know it could be a lot of things mm. i've also been thinking about water a little bit more recently you know that that's oh. something that we brought up from time to time yep i'm just wondering how my my cuz i just use a normal brita filter mm-hmm. like yeah, how that might influence it um and i i did more of a thorough cleaning of my coffee brewing stuff as well mm. this week so we'll see if that helps um, you know, I'm not great at cleaning my stuff really well, if I'm being honest. So, okay. Yeah. Hopefully that helps, but yeah. Yeah. So it's just been okay. And like I said, just haven't been able to brew every day. So just kind of picking up whatever random coffee is available in different shops and stuff like that. Nothing mm-hmm. of note, mostly just more out of convenience than mm-hmm. anything else. Yeah. I feel you. That's that grind life. Yeah, yep, just yep. getting the coffee to get you through the day. 
Yeah, but I did get, I, I mentioned it last week, uh, this new coffee company, I guess, new subscription mm. um, called Yes Please Coffee. Yep. So I did get that package in the mail and got to try it out. And I would say mm-hmm. I, I like what they're doing with their company. Mm-hmm. Kind of, it's like, it's a whole experience, I guess, if you will. Like mm. when, how's when the unboxing? The, uh, it's, it's nice. I, I put it on the mm-hmm. Instagram if people want to, hey. you know, follow. Well, Shout outs to the might not be there Instagram. anymore, but <laughs> it's on the story. <laughs> but if people want to stay up to date, they can definitely follow us. But mm-hmm. um, I, I I liked it. Their packaging is a little different. It's it's kind of like the see through bag, which I feel like um, oh, is usually yeah. not the case because it's yeah, not it's good usually for not light, good, right? Yeah, but. I mean, it's in like the it's in the packaging, so it's not a big deal, I guess. But in mm-hmm. terms of storage, long term, might not be as good. Sure. But like I said, it's this whole experience. I like what they're trying to do. They kind of mix up the normal coffee uh, brewing experience, and that you get you get the beans, and you get mm-hmm. this kind of half sheet of paper. Yeah, you get the oh. zines. So yeah, first mm-hmm. before the zine, you get this before half the sheet. Zines you get yeah, <laughs> um, kind of explaining a bit more about this edition or like this coffee, and also at the bottom they have a Spotify playlist that you can oh. scan a QR code. And it's like eighteen songs was the was the one I, I had, and you can kind of listen as you brew, and they give you a magazine so you can like listen, <laughs> drink your coffee, read the wow. magazine. So it's, it's this like whole a thing, multi-sensorial experience. Yeah, yeah. So I, I like that. I think it's just to mix it up. You know, it's not just another coffee company, but they're trying to do some other things. Um, yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. So you haven't tried the coffee yet? I have. I have. Oh. Um, yeah, so it, it is a blend. So I think, like I said last <laughs> time, they're, they're, I guess, specialty. I don't know if you call it that, but their focus is on blends. And trying to make okay. coffees um, that taste good when you put them together. And I would say as a whole, the coffee is okay, not great, based on mm-hmm. my first couple of brews. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's, it's balanced, I guess. Like, that's not a okay. bad thing. Um, but at the same time, maybe related to the other things I was saying, I don't know if I'm getting a ton of unique flavors out of it. Mm. But, I mean, it's not bad, so... I think there there's a something okay with that too. Mm-hmm. It's like a solid cup. Yeah, maybe yes, please is for like a certain audience that is into kind of the zine and the co- like a culture thing. Mm-hmm. Like you said last week, kind of it seems like a kind of a cultural package because you get the magazine which talks about a little bit about coffee, but in general it's kind of like a food culture pop culture kind of yeah it's it's interesting because so it seems like i i'm getting their magazine as they're about to change some things up oh so uh because before they would send one every week but i think that's Mm -hmm. just a lot for them to do so it seems Mm -hmm. like now they're just right now about to switch to once a month oh and also that that helps because not everyone has a weekly delivery so they kind of miss out Mm. on some of the some of the magazines articles Um, Yeah, so for mine, it was the last one that was like the weekly edition. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was like pretty short and it just kind of had two articles. They're, they're kind of more more like a short story kind of thing. Um, okay. I, I guess my assumption is that they're like local writers from LA, kind of California okay. area. 
that they just sure. kind of have contribute. So it's like different mm. things. One of them was talking about, I think, like food storage in California, kind of like a new way to think about, I think, I, I, I don't know, it's like ugly food or something. You know, it's like um, oh, the new way, yeah. like grocery stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The new another way. one was just like telling some person's experience about like the first kiss and also... I guess they're Jewish, and so they talked about eating a hamburger for the first time. Huh? And so it's like kind of master or none. Yes, yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting, <laughs> but I don't know if I expected it either. So I don't know if there's a particular theme based on just that first reading. Mm-hmm. But like I said, they're changing it up, so it's going to be once a month, mm. and so yeah, it might be different moving forward. Gotcha. Well, cool. Yeah, Keep yeah. So that's, that's me. Uh, what about you? How have your brews been? Um, my brews have been pretty good. Like I said last week, I'm still on the AeroPress, and mm. I am not on the creamer now. Like right now, I ran out of creamer, so mm. I'm just drinking um, the straight, you know, bean juice. Mm. And um, you know, now I, you know, I, I had two bags of coffee that were um, like already a little bit old. And um, I, I basically got two janky bags of coffee now. Oh, no. I haven't been able to finish either one. So um, I I ended up just going out and buying another bag. So I got a bag from Deeper Roots. It's a Kenya coffee called Kiangoy. Okay. And I put the link in our show notes here. But it's a, um, it's a you know, I guess it was it's slightly roasted. Um, it is from the Kirin Yaga region, which I think we've mm. talked about, um, coffee from there before. And the flavor notes are, um, pineapple, tart cherry, and mm. green apple. Wow. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to the, the fruity notes kind of like coming back to that and, um, really crossing my fingers, hoping for one of that, uh, one of those, um, aficionar experiences mm, yeah yeah especially yeah. with that green apple i want to get that that zing that bite from the the apple yeah so you haven't been able to brew it yet i've not i have not brewed it yet but i have tried it at um at dorothy lane market they have this um this bean on uh, their daily brew so mm. i did try it and it actually didn't jump out to me as being very like fruity and um i, I didn't get notes of apple or pineapple i think i got a little bit of the tart cherry Mm. um but it's interesting because on their website the um uh, deeper roots describes the the coffee this is like their flavor text underneath the price grind add to cart this coffee is loaded with a creamy body and Mm. fruit out the wazoo (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I don't know if I got the creamy body or the fruit, but mm. um I'll have to I'll have to definitely try it myself and see what I get. Yeah. Did you sampling it influence your decision in buying it or is that un- unrelated? No, it was actually just um like serendipity cuz I oh. bought it at a different coffee shop. Oh, wow. I went to get lunch there uh today and I ended up seeing it seeing it there and I was like, "Oh, let me just go grab a cup because I didn't make coffee mm. this morning. So I um, ended up having coffee with my lunch. Nice. And so, yeah. Okay. That would be mm-hmm. interesting because now you can brew it yourself. 
and compare to see how it tastes at that shop versus at right. home. See if there's like a big difference or kind of just, yeah, see what the, this, the differences are. Mm-hmm. And for once, maybe my brew will be better than what I get hey. in the store. <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah, see. yeah. Nice. We will see. Um, really quickly, let's move on to our coffee thoughts. Uh, what have your coffee thoughts been, Dill? Yeah. So one of my, I don't know if you would say personas or defining characteristics, um, a lot of people know me as someone that likes pets a lot, like animals. Mm. In college, people knew me as the guy that liked cats a lot. You know, it's just kind of Did a thing. Did I know that about you? I feel like uh, I didn't know that about you. I, I, it it might have been a little bit later in college. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was like one of my, I don't know, calling cards or whatever. <laughs> it's just like cats and then me. Cat lover. Yeah, so I, I still get tagged on like cat mm, stuff on mm. Facebook sometimes. No, yeah, no, I do remember that because you liked Pusheen. When yeah. Pusheen was like popping, <laughs> you yeah. had all these like Pusheen stuff. Yeah, I have a shirt and like a little little plush kind of thing. <laughs> Um, but both of them gifts, but yeah. So anyways, mm-hmm. I'm known as someone that likes animals. I, I've really liked animals a lot ever since I was a kid. Um, but I've never really had too many pets growing up. And now one of my side hustles is that I, I do like dog sitting and like dog walking. Mm-hmm. And as I do that, you know, every time I'm kind of wondering to myself, are having pets worth it? You know, Ooh. it's, it's kind of, it's like a lot of effort and also... Mm-hmm. Whenever these people go out of town, obviously they pay me to take care of their animals. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, I'm not trying to. Would pay. you do the same thing though? Yeah, like I'm not. I don't want to pay every time I got got to go out of town, you know. So it's mm-hmm. just like high effort. Also, I sometimes I just feel like they only want me for food. Mm. So I'm like, if oh. I didn't feed them, or and I was like, do, do you really love me, <laughs> or do you just know that I, I give you food? Yeah. So, yeah, mm. just a little, little bit of, you know, just thinking, self, self-reflection self on there. But me being able to dog sit from time to time, I think, gives me my, like, pet fix. I feel that. So, yeah, yeah. So I'm good with the balance. Yeah. Yeah. What would have been your coffee thoughts? My coffee thoughts lately have been revolved around, like, the idea of FOMO mm. and... um how like we are so interested in watching people on YouTube, video blog, food blog, travel blog, all that stuff. And I'm wondering, are we lonelier now than we were 20 years ago? Mm. Or are we just as lonely as before? Mm. So I, I don't know how you feel about that, but I feel like um, we have more opportunities to see other people doing things Yeah, when we might not be doing something. And, uh, you know, whereas maybe before it was like ignorance is bliss. Like you don't really kind of know what everyone's doing all the time. Mm-hmm. But now that social media is like so abundant and people are like always posting, like you always know what people are up to. So yeah. it like, I feel like it enhances the FOMO. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I know some people that kind of work with college students and recently I saw one of them post a picture on Facebook where it, it when I first saw it, I thought it was a stock photo because mm-hmm. it looks like just kind of like a, a big walkway on a college campus. And then there are these benches every few feet and there's probably like five or six benches in the photo. Okay. And then there's just one student on each bench looking at their Ooh. phone. And wow. it's just like, oh, okay. Well, it's like very symmetrical, like no one else walking around and everyone 
was separated from the next person next to them, like mm. probably five, 10 feet or something. And mm. then they're like, this is not a stock photo. I just took this on campus today. Oh. And they're like, you know, five, 10, no, I don't know about five, but like 10 years ago, they said mm-hmm. on in this exact same spot, you see people talking, interacting, but now people just all looking down at their phones. So I, mm. I think it's definitely a thing um, in terms of just how we relate to each other has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if we're more more lonely, but maybe we're just more aware hmm. of our loneliness. I don't know. But yeah, yeah I think there's I something know. there for sure. Yeah. That brings up the question of like, is technology and social media creating the loneliness or mm. is it only making us aware of the loneliness? And from your example, it seems like it's the first one. Like, yeah. it's like it's actually just making us more lonely. And now also we just know about it all. But yeah. Yeah, uh, I was I was, uh, I was watching Parks and Rec right before this recording. Okay, and, uh, Ron Swanson got got a great quote. Um, he said, "Food is for eating, and places are for being." Because mm. um, Tom Haverford was like, uh, "How are you supposed?" Because he's trying to get rid of his phone and stuff, and he's like, "How are you supposed to take pictures of your food? How are you supposed to let people know what you're doing?" And he's like, "You're not." <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is idea of like presence, I think, mm. and now we're ca- trying to wrestle with. Mm. You should include that in your next sermon. Hey, hey, <laughs> I'm sure I'll bring it up sometime. But cool. Um, thanks for that intro. But now we gotta get to finishing this discussion on Chernobyl. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like we said at the top of the show, uh, we're concluding our discussion on the critically acclaimed HBO miniseries Chernobyl. Chernobyl was awarded a Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Limited Series in 2019 and again a Golden Globe Award for Best Miniseries or Television Film. And like we have been doing for the past couple of episodes, we'll include a link to the screenplay. It's pretty cool just to see uh, what the actors and the writers themselves are looking at when they're um, making the show. Just mm-hmm. a quick little overview of this last episode, episode five. So basically, it starts with a flashback to meeting between Dietlov, Brukhanov, and Fomin. Um, they're talking about the safety test before it happens. Mm-hmm. And Brukhanov asks to push the reactor to the limit. And then Fomin is scheming about getting a promotion, and Dietlov wants to throw his hat in the ring for that promotion too. So we just see they're talking about this stuff before. Scheming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we come back to the present, I guess, in the series. And we were, we're, we're told that Legislav, uh, he went to Vienna and he actually did lie in front of the International mm-hmm. Atomic Ener- Energy Agency. And then Legislav, Boris, and Kamyuk, they prepare their testimonies to present them um, to their own... Was it state committee their, or something? Yeah, and like Dyatlov, Brukhanov, and Fomin are there on trial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so this is to their own people. Mm-hmm. And now during this whole trial, we get flashbacks to the safety test. Uh, we see Dyatlov's impatience toward all the engineers. And then we see Akimov. He activated the emergency shutdown. But because of the design flaw, uh, the control rod spiked the power to 10 times the, the reactor's graphite. limit. And all this is explained by Kamyuk and Legasov. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we get a little bit in between break as well in their um, trial. And then Boris mm-hmm. and Legasov, they go outside and Boris laments about the incident and he, about his own final days. And Legasov reminds Boris 
that he was really important to Chernobyl. And then Boris revels in the beauty of life. That caterpillar dough. <laughs> and then back in the courtroom, Legosov reveals the suppressed information about the Leningrad plant, and he admits that he lied in Vienna. Mm. And following all of that, uh, Legosov is interrogated by the KGB, and he's told, basically, his testimony is never going to be aired, it's never going to see the light of day. And then furthermore, Charkov, who's the director of the KGB, tells him he's never going to work again, he's not going to talk to anyone, and he's not going to receive any credit for his role in containing this disaster. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, man, a lot, a lot going on. Yeah, and then the episode ends with that, um, like, kind of uh, just m- montage or slideshow, mm. kind of of the of different pictures and clips from the actual incident, testimonies, all that, while it kind of gives some of the history of what, en- what ends up happening to each character, mm-hmm. yeah. each person. Yeah. Yeah, I always like reading those just because on, on shows like this that are based on real events to mm-hmm. see what really happened and also just to see what the real people looked like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's always very interesting. Yeah. But yeah, what would you think of the, about this episode, man? It's the conclusion. So. Yeah, man. Yeah, man, they made uh, Boris look real good in this show. <laughs> <laughs> you got to upgrade. True. True. <laughs> <laughs> uh Bruganov, Foman, and Dyatlov, they still look real rough. But, um, yeah. yeah, man, this episode was um, exciting, man. Like, the mm. court scenes were very tense, yeah. very um, very gripping. I didn't think I'd actually have this much fun with this episode. Mm. And um, I didn't think it'd be that emotionally impactful. But um, especially the scene where Boris and Legasov go outside on the park mm. bench. Man, that kind of hit me in the feels, man. Yeah, yeah. Like really made me like um, appreciate Boris because you know he's kind of like down on himself because he's thinking like I'm the political guy like this is all my fault like mm. I'm just as bad as you know foaming in them you know so you know definitely that scene was was very emotionally gripping for me mm. I don't know how you felt about that or just your general thoughts about this episode yeah that scene was definitely unexpected but really appreciated, mm. you know? Because mm-hmm. they're going through this whole procedural thing, like when we talk more about the court case and whatever, um, yeah. which I think was done really well too, but then they kind of take this outside look and you kind of just see the human side of, of them. You're reminded these are real people again. They're being mm-hmm. affected by this. And kind of what brings it on, I think, is that Boris learns that he has some type of cancer or some type mm. of illness and he's... And he says he only has like a year left or about a year. Yeah. And I think that's causing him to really reflect because for some reason he just thought he could escape it. Mm. You know, it's like they've had this conversation before where he's yeah. asked Legoslav, is like, what, what's going to happen to us? And he's like, well, cancer at some point, right? Mm-hmm. And then he, Boris, just thought it wasn't going to happen to him. I guess it's just one of those human pride or something just like, Nah, not me, kind of, kind of thing. Right, right. Um, which I mean, this is very normal. I think we so all normal. Kind of think that way. It's like, oh right. yeah, like statistically, this happens to so many people, but right. no, not me. Um, right, causing him to really think, and yeah, I kind of regret, like, because because this whole time in the series, he's just being made out as a politician. He's right. kind of working in the system, knows what to do, what not to do. 
mm-hmm. but now he's kind of regretting how his life has gone. But I really mm-hmm. appreciate Legoslav coming in and basically telling him, like, man, you you mattered. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought it was really touching, really heartfelt. Right. We're all Boris sometimes in our life, you know? Like, we all feel like we don't contribute to anything. We feel like we're the bad guy. But um, you can use your your power, your privilege in, in whatever capacity you're in. I think um, Legasov kind of, like, frames it in that, like, him being the politi- political guy was a necessary piece for them to actually save uh, Chernobyl. You know, he had that quote of um, uh, saying, you know, everything we asked for, everything we needed, men, material, lunar rovers. Who else could have done these things? They heard me, but they listened to you. Of all the ministers and deputies and the entire congregation of obedient fools, they mistakenly sent us the good man, the one good man. For God's sake, Boris, you're the only one who you're the you're the one who mattered most. Hmm. So, man, I felt like that was um, that was something. Obviously, he really needed to hear. Yeah. Um, but also, um, I don't know, just kind of like it's kind of that reversal, right? Like Boris kind of comes in initially in the series, and I guess in history as like this hard nose, like table thumping politician Mm -hmm. and in the end he becomes like a human humanitarian like really caring for the people and you kind of see that i think last episode you kind of saw that a little bit um but yeah yeah i think a scene like this could have gone really poorly or it could have been done really well which is what it was done well obviously Mm-hmm. It could have been one of those like awkward, kind of cheesy, like che- yeah, all right, you know, kind oh, of. Like caterpillar thing. got a little cheesy. Yeah, yeah, that I think I was like, it. all right, bro, it's like, oh, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a little bit, a little bit of cheese on there. Yeah, but at least in their dialogue, I thought it was written really well, delivered really well. So mm-hmm. yeah, I could see, I could have, I could see that having gone another way, but mm-hmm. I think it was nice. It wasn't too long. I think it was just is what we needed. Just want to give some closure to them as right. characters too. Oh yeah, for sure. So I, I think it, it helps a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's yeah. It's interesting because after that moment, I think Boris and Legosov kind of go in two different directions. Mm. Obviously, because Legosov is a person who basically gives that damning testimony. He's never allowed to speak to anyone ever again, and yeah. his legacy is erased. And he. You know, and that's why we see in the first episode of the series, he recorded on those tapes to be circulated among the scientists. Mm -hmm. But Boris, perceivably, he just went back to his normal job. Yeah. Um, Which, for Legosov, that's just really sad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I just thought, I guess, that was probably the last time they talked, I guess. Mm. Um, Assuming, you know, just following the storyline of the show. Right. Because when he's... When Legoslav is taken away by the KGB, he just sees Boris and Ulana in the distance, and they're just mm-hmm. kind of staring at him, and, and that's it. And, I, and you got to assume that they don't get to see each other again afterward. Right. You kind of get the feeling that Boris was the one who really did the heavy lifting mm-hmm. um, with all the things that um, Legosov kind of requested, and he was kind mm-hmm. of in the background, Legosov. But in the end, when it comes to the actual testimony and the um, kind of the, the being the sacrificial lamb, that's actually Legosov. He's the one that puts himself out there, and Boris and Ulana are the ones kind of in the back. 
Um, and so I think they kind of switch places a little bit uh, in the very end of this uh, series. Mm-hmm. And just a shout out to their court presentations, man. I feel like all three of them were mm. it was like on point. <laughs> yeah, you got diagrams and yeah, got, uh, they have, they have like models on. and stuff. Yeah, it's like this is one of the best presentations I ever seen. Right before PowerPoint. Yeah, like, yeah, like they had the mini miniature of the factory, and then mm-hmm. I felt like Ulana was just telling a whole story. I was like, mm-hmm. this is like an episode of Serial right now, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, and the Legoslav with his colored uh, whatever mm-hmm. those were like those positive, it's just, it's the visual like I, I I wondered how true to form you know like maybe that if if they would even think about it that way you know to present it or where they just kind of read like a report so maybe yeah. they did did it for for the show but yeah just like from a presentation standpoint I was like man this is amazing. Yeah, 10 out of 10. You get 100 on that, like a song. Yeah. It's like, I, I believe you. <laughs> I, I learned something. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know that's yeah. how a, you know, RBMK reactor works. Yeah. Speaking of learning something, I feel like during this court scene, I I was learning about the accident for the first time. Mm. I feel like we've just been talking around it, talking about the aftermath, yeah. all that stuff. But now we actually get a peek into what happened because mm-hmm. we, we got some of those scenes, you know, when right. when they're in there, like we, we could tell people weren't sure what they're doing, but we didn't get the full context. Right but now we actually get those flashbacks and we get to get get the look inside and it kind of all right. makes sense. I think we got to see the human problem like um Ulana said, like the human problem being these are all novice engineers. Mm-hmm. They never worked this shift before. Um, Dyatlov is under pressure from uh, his superiors to run this test and continue it. And he's just like a PO dude yep. in general, you know? So um, that puts a lot of context on why Chernobyl happened the way it did. And then also the scientific problem, which, um, you know, uh, like she kind of went into, but then Legosov kind of expanded upon with the graphite tips and all that. Mm-hmm. You know, and but she's also talking about how you can't really play with the power that way. I was like, man, this is this is some science, man. This it's is like some... very informative. Yeah. Did you know that's what the uh, the reactor looked like? You know, like the what the bouncing. Uh, oh little yeah, metal, I did not um, know. Yeah, that was I like the lid or something. Like. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting because I, I don't even know if they've shown us that before or not. But, mm-hmm. yeah, so I feel like we, we got a big, like, informative look where I feel like the vibe was a little bit different in the episode. Uh, yeah. A little bit more procedural, kind of law and order kind of feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, law and order but vibe. I, I liked it. I appreciated it. Right. Um, yeah, but it's, like, I assume the the human effort or like error stuff that happened i mean that's gotta be probably what actually happened but just mm-hmm. like the outlaw's portrayal i'm like this guy's terrible he is you know so bad. like the decision making like none of this makes sense no it doesn't any way at all so that it felt so Cartoonish. Uh, ridiculous yeah whereas like it, yeah. this can't be true like there's a caricature right here yeah but i i guess it is true like i don't know when when he was like, read the book, he just like threw it at him. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot what he said, but he was like, yeah, read the effing manual. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so just like anybody that even knows a bit about what's going on, you know, like obviously all the engineers, like we shouldn't do it like this, mm-hmm. but he, he just wasn't listening. And yeah, it makes me just wonder what those conversations were really like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the engineers, poor engineers, man, they're just mm-hmm. like, you know, this is not going to work. This is bad. Like we might die, but we also might get chewed out by the yacht love. And they're just like, it's okay, man, I'm with you. Yeah. We'll do it together. <laughs> It's kind of nice, I guess. Like, I guess friends, you know, ride or die. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think they just really painted the picture well that there's just so many poor decisions made by the leadership. Mm-hmm. And, like, they didn't even tell this night shift about any of this. And, like, nobody even knew. And it's just, it all makes sense. They, like, made the case really well. I'm like, yeah, this... It was no accident, or it was an accident, but really, mm-hmm. it could have been avoided at so many different turns. Right, yeah. They made so many poor decisions consecutively. Yeah. And I, I, I liked how they started with that flashback scene, mm-hmm. you know, how they're talking about, like, we got to do the safety test, et cetera, et cetera. But what they're really thinking about is that promotion. Right. That like, money. Yeah, yeah. And so you got to assume that's what really informed the the decision making, um, mm-hmm. where they're they were just looking at that and they're like we just gotta push this through push this through like whatever it takes it doesn't yeah. really need to pass like it doesn't matter but as long as we get that promotion then I'm out of here right mm. that's like a perfect example of how one's political aims can um, be dangerously um, caught in the crossfire of human lives mm-hmm. and how like in this example we're seeing people are putting those things above and greater than human lives mm-hmm. and they know what's at stake i think they understand but yeah. they're just so delusional in their thinking and so obsessed with their own personal well-being that they're willing to put the lives of others at stake yeah and now people are paying the consequences even mm-hmm. today so right yeah. Um, I got, you know, rem- I remember in the first episode when we talked about the the explosion and the smoke coming out, how it was almost seeming like a monster, mm. like just seeming like some kind of creature. And I had that feeling again when um, the top of the reactor exploded and then you oh, get yeah. to see the insides and they kind of look like tentacles almost mm. and like kind of burned and hissed and then the smoke came out. I was like, man. Yeah. That looks like a like a monster, which is only overshadowed by the the human monsters, mm. you know, that are in this uh, in this episode and in this incident. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like the snowball effect, you know, people looking out for themselves, creating, you know, just for forgetting other people's well beings, leading to the accident and making this nuclear kind of monster, and just kind of all goes together and just gets worse and worse and worse. And then even more as they try to cover it up too. And mm. so it's just this never ending cycle. Right. Yeah. Right. Which really kind of, I, uh, um, makes me think of Legoslav's, um, testimony, I guess, where mm-hmm. at the end when he's like, he's like really getting into it and he's, he's basically just letting it all, all the truth come out, just saying yeah. all as it is. You're treading then, on dangerous ground. Yeah, yeah. And, like, they know where he's going, right? They're like, because mm-hmm. 
I guess the the expectation of this whole trial is like it's just for show, really. Mm. Like yeah, everyone, you're right. like you're right. it, it doesn't matter, you know. And like he, what really mattered was that he already went to Vienna and lied to the world. Mm. And this is just mm-hmm. an internal thing. Mm. And this is just so they have something to point to, so mm-hmm. they can like have the fall men, those three guys. Mm-hmm. But then yeah. you know, yeah, Legislav just keeps going and going, and like I think he just hits kind of the the peak is when he kind of asks that question is like, so how does the RMBK reactor explode? Mm. Um, and he says, because of lies. Mm-hmm. And that just brings me back to episode one, because they just kept asking that over and over and over, like, how does the reactor explode? How does it explode? Mm-hmm. And no one had an answer. Mm-hmm. And now in the conclusion finale, kind of the mic drop is like, it's not any scientific reason, but it's just a human reason, which is what they all lied. Mm. So I, I yeah. appreciated yeah. how they kind of tied it all together. Yeah. Because in episode one, I was like, they kind of really pounding in this question a little too much. You know, everyone's just really asking it, like, how's the core explode? Yeah. And now it kind of makes sense because they're leading up to this in the conclusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Whoo. Well, you know, um, it's interesting because in the tape, he talked about how, um, like, if you continue to, like, tell lies, eventually they become the truth. Mm. And we kind of get to see the beginning of that when he's in the interrogation room with the KGB director. Yeah. Who says, why worry about something that isn't going to happen? And it's like, he's basically beginning to fabricate another lie, which is that, well, his testimony never happened. Mm -hmm. And um, talking about Legasov's future and Legasov talking about like, what if I don't comply? And he's like, that's not going to happen. Just, just, just trying to develop lies in his mind, you know, false information. Just trying to weave together that narrative, which works out the best for the state. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so even though that KGB guy, he barely has any lines, I feel like, in the whole series. But all of them kind of really paint his character really well. Like, more so, the impact of him is just, like, him being there. It's like his mm-hmm. whole look, his whole vibe. His whole vibe, yeah, just yeah. like... You know he's up to no good. Like you mm-hmm. know he's there just to cover up some stuff. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. I guess it works for a couple of years until Legoslav kind of actually records himself and kind of releases all the info mm-hmm. and everything that you know the KGB dude said is not is not true anymore. You know his testimony has come out. And now even in, like, the real world, us watching the show, we know Legoslav now just because mm-hmm. he, he's a real person. So Yeah. Yeah. So, then, you mm-hmm. know, some some happy endings, I guess. Yeah. And, and it talked and, about, and real you know, story. The end, yeah, that his, his tapes were circulated among mm-hmm. the scientific community. And I think, ultimately, he accomplished what he wanted to do, which was yeah. save the rest of the world. You know, and um, and like Ulana says, like this needs to be made known to everybody uh, that there's this fatal flaw in the RBMK reactors. Mm-hmm. 
unfortunately, to this day, um, the country does not um, uh, account for, you know, Mm. the millions of deaths that have been impacted, uh, millions of lives have been impacted by this event. It shows that that monument, that memorial. Mm -hmm. And what did they say, like 13 deaths or something? Something Something ridiculous. ridiculous. Two digits. Yeah. It's like the official report, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like the extents of human pride, you know, just trying to save face and look good. Mm-hmm. When like yeah. everyone knows, right? Right. So. It's so yeah. ironic because the, the title of this episode is Viknaya Pamyat, which mm-hmm. means um, eternal memory. Mm. And yet... It's a false memory. Mm. And, um, you know, so it's just, it's just interesting. Um, and it's like, I guess that's also the, the name of the song that plays at the end, oh. which is a, um, a kind of song that's played as a rite during, uh, funerals. Mm. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, dang. Wow. So now, now we've seen all five episodes, watched the whole mini series. Uh, you got any thoughts on just the whole thing overall? You know, does it live up to the hype? <laughs> Dude, it definitely lives up to the hype. I mean, yeah. um, as sad as this series was, is a very enjoyable watch. Yeah. Um, the acting is is uh, on point. Um, it is very interesting. Um, I felt like I knew nothing about Chernobyl to watch yeah. this um, series, so it was very um, enlightening, very much an informational documentary. Um, I hope it's very accurate. I, I feel like people have vouched for its accuracy mm-hmm. for the most part, but you know, there's some creative, um, creative uh, liberties there taken. But um, yeah, what did you think about this series as a whole? Yeah, it's. Another quintessential, like, HBO, high-quality, like, just great show, you know, all <laughs> around. High production. Great, great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, really good writing, really good acting, really good just, like, set design, even just mm-hmm. um, the, the rooms that they're in, um, oh, all, yeah. all, all the props. Like, yeah, it's just really well done. And the story was just really good as well. Mm-hmm. It kind of took something so complicated and so heavy and really condensed it down. Like five episodes, that's like nothing, mm. you know? Yeah, you're right. Like in, in the scheme of just like the shows we watch that have seasons that go for like 20 episodes or something, you yeah. know, or like multi-season, they're mm-hmm. able to communicate so much in so little time. Mm. And so that's that's a skill unto that is itself. A big, um, yeah, big plus of this series. And it's a fast yeah. watch, too. I mean, we mm-hmm. took our time with it, but you could probably watch this. You could binge watch this in a, in a day. Oh, yeah, for you sure. Know? Yeah, and but I, at the same time, like, I think, I think it was the right decision to go five mm. episodes with it. Like, mm-hmm. it feels appropriate. Like, mm. I, I got everything I needed, and it didn't feel too short in terms of, like, yeah. all the character arcs and all the stories. Um, but it also felt, like, sufficient so i mm. think it was, it was the right choice it might be too heavy if it's all mm. in one too yeah 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 
So, yeah, really good series. I think five out of five for me. Very um, good, yeah. Same yeah. here, man. Five out of five. Ooh, the HBO. Must watch. Must watch. Yeah. yeah. Very heavy, but recommended. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, man, that wraps up our show discussion of Chernobyl. Man, this was a good one. Yeah. This was a good one. Um, I can't wait to talk about our next show. We were talking kind of um, before the show, you know, about different options. We we're thinking maybe Watchmen. That's mm, on HBO now mm-hmm. too. Uh, I don't. What else did we talk about, Dill? Um, mm, great question. <laughs> we might have talked about Witcher also. Oh the Witcher. yeah, that's right. That's right. But um, I think you did. You play the game? I didn't play. I, the game. I played one of the games. Okay. So we'll see. Because yeah. also Westworld is coming out soon. Uh, season mm. three at the time of our, us recording is coming out in about a month. True, true. So we don't got that much time. But if you guys have any thoughts, any um, recommendations that are kind of a shorter kind of series or mini series, please send them our way. We do want to check out what you guys are watching. Mm-hmm. But to end our pod with our typical segments, we're going to ask each other what's making us happy this week. So Dill, man, what's making you happy this week? Yeah, um, so I'm I'm really on, I guess, that self-improvement kick, maybe. I don't know. Um, okay. You know, we talking about, you know, I go to the dentist, I cut my hair. <laughs> <laughs> I went uh, to the dentist this week, too. Hey, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah uh, today I, I woke up and went to the gym really early. So mm. I went at 6 a.m. Woo! Um, there's a surprising number of people that at the early. gym at that time. Okay. But, um, yeah, it was, it was just nice to be able to wake up that early and be able to get a good workout in. It was nice. And then, but you still have the whole rest of the day. Mm, yeah. And so, uh, what's making me happy is just being a well planned out adult, I guess. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, yeah, exercise in the morning, do work during the day, not just like take naps in, in the middle of the day and have to stay up late or anything like mm. that. Um, but yeah, so having balance, maybe. Hmm. Are you going to keep it up? That's a great question. Uh, <laughs> toward the end of the work hours today, I was getting pretty tired. Mm. So I need to, I need to get used to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe we'll, we'll see. Okay. Very yeah. Good. What about you? What's making you happy? Uh, I'm going to go off that uh, self-improvement vibe and um, continue my um, appreciation of the why. So I um, went to the why again today, and they have this cool um, bike uh, program, this, like, biking thing, but it's like a game, too. So, like, you can uh, bike while you watch your, like, avatar bike as well. And it's just uh, really cool just being able to work out in a very um, new kind of like uh, futuristic way. And so I did like this run called the Coastal Bike Ride. It's about like 3.2 miles. Um, But it was really fun. It was cool. It was cool to kind of uh, do an indoor bike in a different way. Very cool. Very cool. (laughs) Nice, man. (laughs) It feels like multitasking in the back. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Sorry. But um, cool, man. Yeah. All right, man. Well, that wraps up our pod. Um, Thanks for listening, everybody. And we hope to catch you next week. Um, Yeah. I'll see you later, Dill. Peace. All right. 
This was the Pour Over Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at pourover underscore show to stay up to date with the Pour Over game. Our artwork is by Daniel Liu. Find him on Instagram at Here Comes Daniel. Music is by Joshua Yin. You can listen to his other tracks on soundcloud.com slash kidmajestic, one word. Thanks for joining us and take care.